Choir did good, didn't they do good today? Let's just give it up for the choir. Awesome, awesome. Thank you all for being in church this morning. What if we got any first-timers? You first-timers, just wave at me out there. First time here at Willie Church. Let's give it up for our first-timers. Thank you for coming. Don't forget, we have a gift for you before you leave. It's right back there at the Guest Welcome Center. And uh, we just thank everybody for uh, coming and being in church with us today. Uh, good worship today. And uh, uh, God's here, so don't leave like you came. Leave different. Touch him. And let him touch you. We used to sing a song when I was a little boy in church called Reach Out and Touch the Lord as He Passes By. Do y'all remember that old song? We got any old people here today? Amen. And, um, and we just praise God for uh, His availability. He's available to us. I want to mention a couple things. Um, uh, Sandra Gurley comes here to Whitley Church, and we just love her and appreciate her so much. Uh, she was here when I got here at Whitley Church a long time ago. She's not aged one day. She looks exactly like she did the day I got here. I'm not kidding you. But her granddaughter uh, won Miss North Carolina last night. She is Miss North Carolina. Sandra, you stand up. Let everybody see you. I got to tell you something. My grandma didn't look like that right there, buddy. I'm telling you right now. Awesome, uh, Sandra. We're so happy. She, uh, her talent was singing. She was representing Durham and... Uh, and uh, we just are so happy for Haley Best, Haley Best, Miss North Carolina. So now, you know, Willie Church, we got an inside track with, um, with uh, who, who's the kid that won the, um, uh, yes, Scotty, you know. We got musicians that play and sing with him. And now we got an inside track with Miss North Carolina. We're going places here at Willie Church. And uh, Mr. Dave, Miss Leora, good to see y'all in church. God bless you. Mr. Dave, Miss Leora here today. Let's welcome them home. And... Glad they're in church. Awesome. It's going to be a good day. Already has been. Hey, you know what? Christians do a lot of things to deprive themselves of God's best. We settle for less than the best. Good is good, but best is better. And we often um, settle for something less than what God wanted us to have. Sometimes that's because we do things we shouldn't do. But sometimes it's because we don't do things we should do. And one of the things we don't do that we should do that would bring God's best into our life is pray. Pray. Pray consistently. Now let's go back and look at what we have already talked about. A couple of weeks ago, we opened this series talking about the power of prayer. The power. And we said that prayer is the way God blesses you. I don't know anybody who doesn't need God to bless them. I do know a lot of people who sit around and talk about how they wish he would bless them more. I think if you were to question them, you would find that their prayer life is very inconsistent. And so he blesses us through prayer. Doesn't only bless us through prayer, but prayer is the way he gives us joy. I love the way the choir sang about joy and gladness today. And I love the way they looked joyful and glad. Amen? Because I have heard churches sing songs about joy, and they look like somebody just licked all the red off their candy. Um, I remember growing up singing joy unspeakable and full of glory, but we didn't sound like it or look like it. Joy is how we advertise Jesus. 
And so when we pray, the Bible says he will answer our prayers. And because of answered prayer, our joy will be, Jesus said, our joy will be full. And then we found out that prayer is a cure for worry. And then last week, we talked about not the power of prayer, but the path of prayer. And we said that not only do we pray to an omnipotent, which means all-powerful Father who is in heaven, but we pray through a loving Savior. How do our prayers get to God? Through a loving Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. So then we looked at what it means to pray in Jesus' name. And we found out that what it doesn't mean is ending your prayers in, in Jesus' name. Amen. That's okay to do that. But there's not a single prayer in the whole Bible that ends that way. Praying in the name of Jesus, we discovered, means you come to him as his child. You, you have received him as your personal savior. You have been born of the spirit. You've been born again. You have been saved. So you come to him um, as his child. And that allows you to pray in his name. We discovered that it means to pray with his authority. We talked about authority, and, and uh, you can listen to these sermons online. If you missed any of these sermons, you can listen to them online, absolutely free, willychurch.com. And then we talked about how when we pray, we come to him not in our righteousness, because if we were in our righteousness, we could not approach him, but we are through the new birth, through the fact that we have received Christ as our personal Savior, we come to him in the righteousness of Jesus. Salvation is a gift. And when you come and give your life to Jesus, the righteousness of Jesus is imparted to you, and that is what makes you worthy to come into the presence of God. When Jesus died on the cross and gave his life for us, the Bible says the veil in the tabernacle that separated us from the presence of God was rent. It was torn. So now all of us are a royal priesthood. We all get to come boldly into the very throne room of God in prayer. What a privilege. What a privilege. We sang that song in our first series, What a Friend We Have in Jesus, and it talks about what a privilege it is. Not a duty, but what a privilege it is to take our needs, our, our desires, our, our brokenness to the Lord in prayer. Now today what we're going to talk about is uh, not the power, not the path, but the person, the person. We're going to take actually two Sundays uh, or two weekends, this weekend and next weekend, to talk about the person of our prayer life. So if the power of our prayer life is based upon omnipotent God, all-powerful God, that is the power of our prayer life. And if the path of our prayers is that our prayers go through the cross, through what Jesus did on the cross, through the Son of God and his work on the cross, his resurrection from the grave, and, and literally Jesus takes our prayers and brings them to the Father, then who is the person of our prayer, the Holy Spirit. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the person of our prayer. When I pray, I pray to the Father, through the Son, in the Holy Spirit. To the Father, through the Son, in the Holy Spirit. Praying in the Spirit. That's what we're going to talk about today. What it means to pray in the Spirit. Now listen carefully. 
when you pray in the Spirit, through the Son, to the Father, that kind of prayer has power every time. It has power every time. Listen. Prevailing prayer. Everybody say that with me. Prevailing prayer. I, I all my life have heard about prevailing prayer and read in the scriptures about prevailing prayer and I just looked into what that means and one writer said this and I love it. He said it's like a wave. When you pray a prevailing prayer, when you pray a prayer that is in the spirit through the Son to the Father, it is a powerful prayer every time. It is a prevailing prayer. And he said it is like a huge wave washing over your circumstances, washing over your brokenness, washing over your uncertainty, washing over your financial need, washing over your physical need, washing over whatever you need, wherever you're hurting. When you pray prevailing prayers, it is like sending a wave. Here's one of the problems. We just send one wave. When we're in trouble, we just send one wave. If you could learn, if I could learn, if we could learn how to send wave after wave after wave after wave of prevailing prayer over the circumstances of our life, what a difference it would make. What victory we would live in. But what do we do? We just kind of pray when we have to. We just kind of pray when our back's against the wall. I'm trying to teach you. Hey, listen, listen, listen. Trying to teach me to learn to send up prevailing prayers all the time. And that means that the waves of your powerful prayers, your prayers that are in the Spirit through the Son to the Father, are constantly washing over your life and the lives of the people you love. Do you see the power of that? I've got to tell you, when I saw that picture in my mind of, of waves of prayer that I'm sending up that are washing over my children and washing over my church and washing over my family and, and, and all that, that I know, washing over our missionaries, washing over our military men and women, uh, just send those waves of prayers. God is calling us to that today. Of all the prayer principles that we've talked about in this series, I wouldn't be surprised that the concept of praying in the Holy Spirit is probably the most difficult one to make sense of. So I need you to pray for me today as I try to help you understand and, and as I read the scriptures and I understand, come to a, a deeper understanding of what it means to pray in the Spirit because we have to learn to pray in the Spirit. We have to learn to pray in the Holy Spirit because the Bible says our prayers won't get answered if we don't pray in the Holy Spirit. Spirit. So let's look at some scriptures. Ephesians 6.18. By the way, some of you may notice that my finger here is a little larger, the, the middle one. I won't show it to you by itself. Um, so let me just give you all a tip, because here at Whitley Church, you learn about the Bible, but there are other tips that you can pick up on. Let me just give you a little tip about cutting watermelon. When you're cutting watermelon, and you slice it down the middle, you have your halves, and then you slice it again, you have your quarters. Do not take the quarter, put it in your hand, and slice it there. Leave it on the table. And that is your tip for the day. All right. Speaking of tips, I almost lost mine. <laughs> um, Ephesians 
praying always with all prayer and supplication. How? Everybody say it out loud. In the Spirit. Because you know what? When we start talking about the Holy Spirit and praying in the Spirit, y'all going, oh, he's going to freaky town. He's going to freaky town this morning. We're just going to preach the Bible. Everybody want the Bible? You want everything in the Bible? All right. You said it. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this sin with all what? Perseverance and supplication, which is a prayer. It is a type of prayer for all the saints. Let's go to the book of Jude, verse 20. There are no chapters in Jude, so we just go to verse 20. And it says, but you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith. Everybody say it out loud with me. Praying in the Holy Spirit. Romans 8, 26. This is Paul writing from a Roman jail. Paul writes, likewise, the Spirit. And is that S capital there? That means it is the what? Now, anytime you see the word Spirit in the Bible and it's a little S, that means it is some other kind of Spirit. It could be the human Spirit. It could be uh, an evil Spirit. Uh, there's different spirits that are mentioned in the scriptures. Uh, but when you see a capital S, it is God. It is God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Likewise, the Holy Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses. Can we just say thank you, Lord, right there for just a minute? He helps us in our weaknesses. Is anybody glad to hear that today? Now, I know you knew that, but isn't it wonderful to read it right out of the Bible and be reminded that where you are weak, he is strong. And not only where you are weak, he is strong, but he will help you with his strength in your weak places. Good news, good news, good news. Romans 8, 26, next sentence, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be Uttered. Most people think that human weaknesses are a liability. But the Bible actually teaches us that our human weakness is not a liability, rather it is an asset because it causes us to turn to God. Our weaknesses cause us to turn to God. We were witnessing to a young man at the bridge uh, who is uh, struggling and and he wants to serve the Lord, and he has a good heart. He just has a lot of questions about God and the Bible and church and all of that. And Scott and I were talking to him, and he said, well, here's the thing I don't understand. He said, why do we suffer so much? I mean, if God is up there in heaven and he loves us, why do we suffer? I said, man, I'm so glad you asked that question, because I know the answer. And he was like, Really? He just heard me preach. I don't know why he would think I did not know the answer. And so <clears throat> I looked at him and I said, because it is your weakness that makes you come to him. I said, you know why you're in this altar right now? You know why you're up here talking to me and Scott and why you're up here just asking all these questions? Because of the weaknesses that have brought about pain in your life. The worst thing God could do, boys and girls. The meanest thing. 
The most unloving thing is for you to not be right with God, but cause you to not ever have to suffer. If that happened, you would never turn to God and you would leave this life without Jesus. So God, I pray for my church, bring on the pain. (laughs) Isn't it true? Isn't it true that our weaknesses make us suffer and our suffering makes us see the need of God? You have to let that marinate a little bit, you know? Because we live in a world that that wants you to understand or wants you to believe that, that, you know, if God really loved you, you wouldn't suffer. No, no, no. You, you, You suffer so you will remember, I need a Savior. I'm lost. I can't do this on my own. I need a Savior. I need to get off that because that's very, very preachable right there. So God made us weak so that we would not depend on ourselves. Uh, he made us weak so that we would depend on the power of the Holy Spirit. We're talking here about the person of our prayers. As a child of God, the Holy Spirit of God forms the prayer in us and sends it through the Savior to the Father. Let me give you a definition of prayer. And um, you might have time to write down. You might not. If you'll just send me an email, I'll send you all these notes anyway. Um, Prayer, and I want you to just, I want you to just pause. I want you to just think with me. I want you to listen Prayer is when the Holy Spirit finds a desire in the heart of the Father. The Holy Spirit finds that desire in the heart of the Father, and then you who know the Lord and are filled with the Holy Spirit, He comes then and puts that desire in your heart. He takes the desire from the heart of the Father and puts that desire in your heart, and then you send that prayer right back up to the Father through the cross of Jesus Christ. That's why when we read over there in Psalms last week, he said, if you delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. See, you got to delight in the Lord first. Because when you delight in the Lord first, you want what he wants. So when your desires are like his and you pray them, they come to pass. They come to pass. So the reason we're not victorious in prayer is because we're not praying in the Spirit. We understand what it is to pray to the Father. We understand what it is to pray through Jesus because of what he did on the cross, resurrection from the grave. We know that his death on the cross, we know that his resurrection from the grave gave us access to God. So we know that we could not pray to God the Father if Jesus had not done what he did on the cross. So he gives us access to God. The part that we struggle with is this business of praying in the Spirit. So what does the Holy Spirit do to assist us? The Bible says he assists us in our weaknesses. What does he do? Well, that's just it. He finds those weak areas in in your life and he makes you strong. Let's look at some weak areas in our life that hinder our prayer life. I'm going to give you two things that hinder our prayer life. And uh, then next week I'll give you two more things that hinder our prayer life. So what I want you to do is I I want you to get these four things. I want you to get these four things down inside you. Because these are the things that block us from God. These are the things that keep us from being all that we could be in God. Listen, this is the very thing. The four things I'm going to give you, two today, two next Sunday, the four things that I'm going to give you are the things that keep you from enjoying God's best. 
Okay? Number one, indifference. Indifference. One of the reasons that we do not pray, therefore one of the reasons that we do not enjoy God's best in our life is because of our spiritual sluggishness. Our spiritual laziness. Our spiritual lethargy. Let's face it. We don't really have a desire to pray. We're apathetic. Often the problem with us is simply that somehow we can't get ourselves stirred up to pray. I often hear people say, I want to pray more. I know I need to pray more. I don't know why I don't pray more. Well, I'm going to tell you that today. Here's the answer to that. Our humanity, the human part of us, the flesh part of us, has no desire, no appetite to pray. Now, you might say, hold on. I love to pray, but the human part is not the part that loves to pray. Now, stay with me. I've been a pastor for 37 years. I've been a preacher for 37 years, pastor for about 35 years. It's a Christian before that. I'm going to make y'all feel real good about your future here at Whitley Church. There, sometimes I just don't want to pray for y'all. There's sometimes I don't want to pray for me. There's still times I just don't want to pray. As a matter of fact, the enemy will come, especially in my life. I don't know how he works in your life, but he'll make you uh, substitute Bible study for prayer. He'll make you uh, say, well, you know, I serve in the church. I work my fingers to the bone out there at that church. And so if I want to slack off on my prayer life, I tell you what, some of those people, some of those people praying all the time, let them get out here and change some diapers. I know how you talk. So you, you find excuses for not praying. Listen to me, there is no substitute for prayer. There's no substitute. There's nothing you can come up with that God will go, oh, I didn't know you were doing that. My bad. There's no substitute for it. If you'll be honest, there's a part of you that simply does not want to pray. That's where your battle is, guys. It's in your humanity. There's nothing about your humanity. There's nothing about what you've inherited from Adam, his sin in the Garden of Eden. There's no part of that carnality that wants to pray. So let's look at that in Romans 8 and 7. Look what the verse says up on the screen. The mind that is set on the flesh, and guess how many of us have a mind that is set on the flesh? Exactly. The mind set on the flesh is what? Hostile toward who? God. Your humanity is hostile toward God, for it does not subject itself to the law of God. What is the law of God? Hold up your Bible. That's the law of God. Some people held up their phone. It's a new day. All right? The mind set on the flesh is hostile toward God, for it does not subject itself to the law of God, for it is not even able to do so. Your humanity is not even able to do that. Paul tells us here there is a part of us, the old carnal part sin nature. Paul called it the old man that is left in us. 
He says that, that that old nature that we inherited from Adam, it is always at warfare with God. It does not matter how much you pray, how long you've been a Christian, how much you've studied the Bible. You, you could be a very deep Christian, a very powerful Christian, but I want you to understand, you should not beat yourself up when there are struggles going on between the flesh and the spirit. The struggles between the flesh and the spirit are always going to go on. They're always going to happen. You need to quit trying to pretend it isn't there. Because when the enemy, you know, when you're tempted, the enemy tries to come along and condemn you with temptation. But temptation's not a sin. Did you know that? Temptation's not a sin. Jesus was tempted, but he what? Sinned not. Temptation's not a sin. Some of you need to get that. You need to understand that. When you are tempted, you come, you cry out to God. The Holy Spirit that is in you as a child of God cries out to God and says, help me in this weakness. You need to quit trying to pretend you don't have struggles because it's there and it will continue to be there until you are sanctified. No, no. Until you are glorified. Let me, let me teach real quickly when you were saved, when you asked Jesus to come into your heart, the sin that was dealt with there was the ones you have done, the acquired sins. There is a work of the Holy Spirit that God wants to do in you called sanctification, where he deals with the power of your sin nature that made you do those things. Are y'all with me? So what you need to pray for is sanctification. There are two things you need to pray for as a Christian. And I know some of y'all are nervous about praying about these things. But you need to pray that God will sanctify you and fill you with the Holy Spirit. You need to pray he will sanctify you, that he will, that old sin nature. Now, now God's not going to kill the old man, but he can cripple him. Does that make sense? So pray for the work of sanctification in your life. Pray for the work of sanctification in your life and pray that God will fill you with the Holy Spirit. And so I want to explain to you why you need to pray that. I want you to understand that it's going to be a step forward for you if you admit the reason you don't pray and you admit the struggle with prayer. Once you've been honest about your, the fact that your humanity doesn't want to pray and your flesh doesn't want to pray, then you are free to yield to the Holy Spirit that is in you as a child of God and say, Holy Spirit of God, blessed Spirit of God, I don't want to pray. My old carnal uh, sin nature doesn't want to pray. Now look what happens. Look what happens. When you understand that it is not your humanity that wants to pray, but it is the Spirit of God in you that wants to pray. Look what it says in Galatians 4 and 6. Because you are his children, because you have been saved, because you have been born again, because you have been adopted, because you recognize you were lost and you came to Jesus and said, Jesus, you're the only way to heaven. You're the only way to be right with your Father. I ask you to come into my life. I receive what you did for me on the cross. I receive what you did by coming forth from the grave. That was for me. I receive you into my life. I want to live the rest of my life for you. It is at that moment that you are adopted into the family of God and you become his son or you become his daughter. So because you are the children of God, everybody with me out there say amen. 
Because you are a child of God, God has sent forth the what? The spirit of his son into where? Our hearts crying out a father. That's not you crying out a father. That's the spirit in you crying out a father. When you receive Christ, it is the Holy Spirit praying out of you. you. Your carnal nature doesn't want to pray. You want to pray in the Spirit. So in that verse, who's crying out to God? It's not you. It's not your carnality. It's the Holy Spirit that is in you because you are the son of God. You are the daughter of God. So who is it in me then as a Christian that desires to pray? Because apart from God, there's nothing in me that desires to pray. So when he comes into my life, what is it that desires to pray? It is the Holy Spirit that wants to pray. The Holy Spirit in you that wants to pray. Is this making sense? See, as long as I try to make my old carnal sin nature pray, and I don't yield to the Holy Spirit in me, I'm never, never going to enjoy the place of prayer. I'm never going to enjoy it. It is not until I am so filled with the Holy Spirit that the Spirit of God cries out from me, Abba Father. You say, what is that Abba deal? Well, it's a good singing group. They're not around much anymore, but... (laughs) It's like Dada. It's like a little baby. It's like a little toddler. Abba, Abba, Abba Father. We're like little kids. We don't, hey, hey, listen, listen, listen. Holy Spirit, you got to do this because I don't really know how to say it today. The more you understand that all you are apart from God is some little toddler. But you can be a mighty man of God, a mighty woman of God, when you welcome into your life the power of the Holy Spirit. That's when your life will change drastically. So the first problem in prayer is that we're indifferent toward prayer. Apathetic, a lack of concern. The reason we do not love the place of prayer is because more than uh, because we do not love the place of prayer more than we do is because we're not praying in the spirit. We're praying out of our flesh. And, and let me just tell you some things that happen when you pray out of your flesh. When you pray out of your flesh, you, you repeat yourself. You repeat. You ever heard somebody when you call on them to pray? You you can go because you know exactly what he's going to say because that's their prayer. Come on. Amen? You ever heard somebody pray and they go, Father God, Heavenly Jesus, God, Father, Holy Spirit, Jesus, God, we come, Jesus, oh, holy. Look, let me tell you, when a person's praying like that right there, first of all, I'm going, what? Secondly, I'm going, this guy, this gal is praying in the flesh. It is when you pray in the Spirit that your prayers become a conversation. It's when you pray in the Spirit that, you're, that he forms your prayers. He, he puts words. We're going to talk about that next as we close this sermon. 
When, when you're not praying in the Holy Spirit, you're repetitive in your prayers. You say the same things over and over again. You, you repeat words over and over again in your prayers. Your mind is actually somewhere else most of the time, even when you're praying, you're actually thinking about something else when you're not praying in the Spirit. Does that make sense? Now, most of the people who have that problem come to the second service, but I need to tell y'all too. Let me give you one more. The other, the other problem we have is ignorance. Now, don't be offended by that. Ignorance doesn't mean you can't know. It means you just don't know. Isn't that right? Stupid means you can't know. <laughs> Second sermon. Okay. <laughs> Romans eight twenty six. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we ought, what we should pray for as we ought. We don't know. See, when you're praying in the flesh, when you're praying just in your humanity, you're not dependent on the Holy Spirit to, to, to pray through you and, and to give you what you need to pray about, then you don't even know what you ought to be praying for. You don't even know how to pray. I mean, you're just depending on yourself. You say, well, you know, I'll probably hit the target once in a while. Well, sure. But wouldn't it be better to just come before God and say, Holy Spirit, guide this prayer. Pray through me. For we do not know what we, what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession. Right there it is. The, the Spirit himself makes intercession. That word intercession means what? Prayer. The Spirit himself makes intercession. Look at those two little words right there. For us. With groanings which cannot be uttered. Let me, let me I, I want to find out what that groanings was. Because I've been taught a lot of things about what that was. Now I want to discover what that was for myself. Here's what I found that it means in the original language. It is like a mother who knows her child is in trouble and she can't do anything about it. Now, I'm not, I'm not here to, to, um, this morning to, to make you go out feeling bad, but have you ever heard a mother? I have. I have. When their child is in trouble and they can't get to them, Uh, it, it's, it's an awful sound. A groaning. Just, oh, because you don't know what's going on. You just don't know where they're at. You don't know what they need. And you're hopeless. You're helpless. Here's what the Bible's saying to us right there. The Bible is saying to us right there, you're hopeless apart from me. You're helpless apart from me. And when you realize your helplessness and you realize your hopelessness, your prayers sometimes are going to come out like groanings. Just groanings. I've been before God 
Some of you who have been walking this path for a long time, you know what it is in a place of prayer to not even know what to say, and all you can do is just... It's weird. It sounds weird. I know you're out there going, what's he talking? I'm telling you there are just times when you just get alone with God and groanings come out of you and he reads them and understands what they mean. Because see, we don't know what we should pray for as we ought. Who's been there? Anybody been there? I'm glad Paul did this. Look what he said up there. He said in the second sentence, for we do not know. I'm so glad Paul said we. I'm I'm so glad Paul didn't say, for y'all don't know. Paul included himself. Paul put himself in there. Why? Because he's got that same carnal nature. See, we think Paul was some kind of super Christian that didn't struggle like we did. You remember what he said? He said, the thing I don't want to do is the thing I do. And the thing I do want to do is the thing I don't. I got that same problem. And y'all look holy, but I know you. And you got it too. We all got it, don't we? Even the great apostle Paul said, there are times I don't know what to pray for. Paul? Paul who wrote all these books in the Bible, there are times he don't know what to pray for? Sure, he depends on the Holy Spirit like the rest of us. I mean, you just don't know what to pray for, but rest assured, God knows, see, what you need to pray. He knows what you need to pray. So praying in the Spirit means this. It means that the Holy Spirit is able to direct your prayer through discernment. Remember the series on discernment? You're able to see into situations and have, have a sense about situations, and you don't even know where it comes from. Let me ask you something. Has, have you ever been awakened in the middle of the night with somebody's face right up? Who, who's done? A man walked up to me this morning. He said, God spoke to me, pastor, about an issue that I've dealt with in my family for a very, very long time, and he said, God's going to turn it. I'm going to tell you something, man. I about lost it right there. I mean, God does stuff in the middle of the night. He does stuff in the middle of the night. Makes me tired the next day, but I sure do like it. He'll wake you up, man. He'll wake you up. And there'll be times, there'll be times you haven't thought about a person for a long time, and all of a sudden they're just on your mind. You know what you need to do? You need to get on your knees right then. You say, I don't know what to pray. I know, he just said that. So you need to say, Holy Spirit, I don't know what's going on. I don't know why he's on my mind. I don't know why she's on my mind, but I just lift them up to you. I don't even really know how to pray for them, but you just begin to say their name, you know. Maybe it's somebody named Bob or Bill or Sally or Jane, and you say, you know, God, I just lift them up. I just lift them up. All of a sudden, doesn't happen every time, but from time to time, all of a sudden, I'll, I'll begin to just call their name, and I'll, I'll start feeling like I need to pray for their safety or I need to pray for their healing or I need to pray for their security, financial security, or I need to pray, you know, I, different things. You might be sitting out there today and going, that, I don't have anything that, like that never happens to me. But see, you've got to seek 
You've got to say, I want to pray like that, God. I want, I want to learn to pray like that. I want to be so full of you, God, that even when I don't know what to pray, even when I'm ignorant, and for those in the South, it's ignorant. <laughs> God, I'm ignorant about this. I need to know how to pray, you know, about that. And God will lead your prayers. The Holy Spirit will lead your prayers. Anybody hearing me? Is, is this freaky town to you? I mean, are we, are we going in a place where you're going, nah, 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 nah. no, listen, I'm telling you, this is how God works. This is how God works. And the more you press into him and the more you press into his word and the more you seek him and the more you press in and the more serious you get, the more communication you have with him and the more of the flow of his words in your life and guidance in your life and The reason we need this is because, you know, man, um, there's a lot of stuff to pray about. Mr. Lister, remember Mr. Lister up on the video, got 740-some prayer? You can't pray for, I I got lists. I have my list categorized. But I don't have time to pray the whole list every time. A lady told me, and I think this is a great idea, a lady told me that she used to have a, a friend who had a big list. Matter of fact, after the sermon last night, she emailed me this illustration. She said and her friend bought a, found a cookie jar shaped like Noah's Ark. And she took a request and cut them up and just put them in there and just prayed over the boat people. Amen? <laughs> Amen? And then maybe just reach in once in a while and pull one out. Go, I'm going to pray about that today. That's good. That's, that's good. But there are times when, when, you, when you're going to just say, there's just too much to pray. I mean, you start thinking about missionaries that need prayer and military people that need prayer, and you think about your friends and your family and all the people you know who are sick and all the people you know have lost their job, and, and you think about international leaders. How many of y'all think the national leaders in America need some prayer? Amen. You need to hit that one every day. But... <laughs> The rest of them, I mean, just, I mean, there's so, you, you're like, here, here's what happens now, and I'm going to say this, and then I'm done. I know I went too long today. Listen, what happens is your prayer life, when you get overwhelmed with too many things that you're trying to pray about, is your prayer life will become a swamp instead of a river. See how the enemy's so subtle? He'll come and get le- make you get legalistic about your prayer life. He'll say, you need to pray every day at this time, and you need to pray for this length of time. And if you skip a day, you better come back the next day repenting. You better spend like a whole hour repenting because you were such a heathen the day before because you forgot to pray. Does anybody talk? Satan talks to anybody like that. He talks to me like that. Who do you think you are? You ain't prayed in two days. Who are you coming all up in here wanting to pray now? Get on. You need to go somewhere. That's not the voice of God right there. Let, let, let me tell you something. The voice of God always says, come here, come here, come here, come here. Voice of God always says, come here, come here, come here, come here, come here, come here. The voice of Satan is always, get back, get, you need to go, you need. So when you hear that, it is the voice of condemnation, and that is not the voice of God. The voice of conviction says, come, come here. Get.
So Satan comes and he tells you and he gets you all into this legalistic, I pray, I gotta pray this amount of time every day and I gotta pray at this time every day and if I miss a day and all that kind of stuff and maybe one day I didn't get to pray but five minutes so I'm not as good a Christian today and that's where they're gonna let Satan come in my life and rip my life apart. That's baloney! Buy into that mess. And then when you do come to God and you got that list, you just, you just say, God, you know all the things that have my heart. You know all the things that touch my heart. You know all the things I'm burdened about, God. I just give myself to you, Lord. What would you have me pray about today? And just be quiet. There's a verse in the Bible that says, hush. It's in Hezekiah 4-7. That's not a book in the Bible. But we just, y'all, we need to learn to quit talking. We think the harder we pray and the faster we pray and the louder we pray and the more we pray that God's like up there going, he's awesome, she's awesome. Just pray and then, huh? Because he wants to say something. Am I making any sense today? Do y'all know I could go on? But I ain't. Let's stop right here. Father, thank you. Thank you so much, God. We make the Bible so complicated and it's so simple. Really, it is. Really, it is. And we ask you to help us not just hear what we heard today, but tap into it. Help us to link up with this truth. Help us to let this truth change our life. And even if we didn't fully understand everything Pastor said, let us just go home and say, Holy Spirit, you're a teacher. Teach me what he was saying. He ain't that good. So Holy Spirit, you teach me what he said today. Was pastor on target today? I mean, I mean, Holy Spirit, was pastor telling me what's right? Because God, I, I, I'm not real sure how all that works. So I'm coming to you today and I need you to teach me that. Help me understand what pastor was saying today. Because I want that in my life. I want to be able to have the Holy Spirit pick my prayers and pray through me. And I want to learn to pray in the Spirit. Thank you, Father, for the awesome worship and the way you've touched us today. Thank you for the Word of God. And now as we gather in the altar for prayer time, we just pray you be with us and you set people free. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, right before you go, make sure we get your Connect card. Make sure we get your offering. Make sure you remember it's Mission Sunday. If you're a guest, pick up your gift right back there. If you want to know more about Jesus, more about God, there's a packet right over here on this side you need to pick up. If you need prayer today, we're going to have a prayer team up here to pray for you. So just come on forward and we'll pray for you. I love you guys. God bless you and thank you for coming.